Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, November 28th, 2022. Well, here we are, the start of a new week. For many of you, it might be back into the routine now that the Thanksgiving holiday is over, uh, back to school, back to work, back to routines. Maybe you're getting back in town or you're being done with having family come into town uh, and you are back in the groove. But let me remind you that this Monday is not just another Monday uh, because you are in a battle. You are in a war and the Bible calls us to contend, to fight for the faith. And there's lots of ways we can see that. We look, we even talk about this idea of a culture war um, in our society. And parts of that we we look at from a biblical lens of one side of the cultural war. War is promoting things directly against God's design, directly against the, the Word of God, uh, while we would want to conserve what, what the gospel says, what the Bible teaches, uh, how God has ordained the world. We also think of, well, a, a theological battle. And even just within the church, within Christianity, we do see apostasy, unfortunately. We see false teaching, and we are in a battle for that. And understanding these things will help us understand the book of Jude, which we are reading today as our New Testament reading. But also, I hope you'll see throughout the book that while there is this bigger battle going on, the battle starts with you. It starts in your own heart. And you will not be able to fight any of these bigger battles if your own heart is not in the right place. So the book of Jude, as far as we know and understanding somewhat from history, um, we understand that Jude, who he calls himself a slave of Jesus Christ and the brother of James, well, James was the brother of Jesus. And so we understand that Judas is a brother, I guess we should say technically a half-brother of Jesus Christ. And he writes this letter. He makes it clear up front, beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. This whole book, uh, this one chapter letter is uh, about contending, fighting for the faith, which was once and for all delivered to the saints. Why is this important? Verse four, four, it's always a key word when you're reading the Bible. Certain people have crept in unnoticed who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our Lord of our God into sensuality and deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. So there, that's a key verse that tells you why he's writing and why even specifically he's saying, hey, you need to contend because there's these people who are creeping in and they are perverting the grace of our Lord into sensuality. So as you keep going, there are some confusing things. You know, it gets into talking about angels and Sodom and Gomorrah. It seems that he actually quotes from some older books that 
aren't in your Bible, like the Assumption of Moses or the book of Enoch. And that's interesting. And I think it's helpful for us as Christians. Some of those books, I think it's right for us to understand, though they are not a part of the scripture, but that does not mean that they have no value, that there's nothing to be learned from them. And especially that they help us understand what people thought, what people were saying in the times of the Bible, so much so that they're even quoted in the Bible. And so all of those things, you can kind of get lost in the sauce, lost in the in the forest of all of those little things. So I think it's helpful to remember what's the big picture. Whatever he's getting at through quoting these things, through talking about angels, is all coming back to this point of, hey, people are perverting the grace of our God into sensuality and denying our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. And notice how even just that idea of perverting grace and sensuality, it comes up throughout uh, some of these other examples. Even in verse 7, talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, uh, well, they engaged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire. And people in verse 8, they rely on dreams and they defile the flesh and reject authority. So you see throughout this that there is clearly this impurity Uh, throughout these false teachings. There is ungodliness. And it says in verse uh, 16, these are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. Again, this idea you, you see all throughout sinful desire, sensuality, they're perverting the grace of our God into sensuality and denying our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. And I hope you can see it doesn't take much to see that's going on all over the place, especially in a pretty Christian society like ours, there are many who have perverted the gospel of Christ to allow it uh, to fit right in with sexual immorality or other perversions or uh, really as a license for sin. Or even there are people who will hold to some kind of teaching that you can be saved and go to heaven without Jesus really being your Lord and master. And even just consider how that goes against verse Verse four, they deny our only master and Lord, Jesus Christ. That's why I would teach something uh, often referred to by title of Lordship Salvation, that unless Jesus is your Lord, you are not saved. And we cannot divide Jesus into, well, I accept him as Savior here and I accept him as Lord over here. No, he is Savior and Lord. And you don't get to a la carte Jesus and choose which sides of him you want. And you can see how in our culture that's happening all the time. People saying you can have Jesus your way. Uh, You can get a customized Jesus to fit your desires and your flesh. And that is just not biblical. And that's why all of us need to contend for the faith. We need to say, no, this is what the Bible says. Um, And so as we consider all that, I want to end, though, with that reminder that this has to start with you. Um, you. You can't fight. You can't really participate in this battle if you are not following 
Christ. And that's where I think it brings it home here. One other interesting thing to note, he also quotes from 2 Peter, which we just read, verses 17 and 18. He refers to the apostles. That's a reference there to Peter. And he quotes there in verse 18 from 2 Peter 3, 3, in the last time there will be scoffers following their own ungodly passions. Um, But then it gets to a warning there in verse 20, or really an exhortation saying, hey, in light of all this, this is what you need to do. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. Uh, So even there, you see uh, these Uh, this instruction, what are we supposed to do? There's a main imperative there out of those two verses of verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God, but it's surrounded by these other phrases. Let's consider them one at a time. What do you need to do if this battle starts with you? Well, be building yourself up in your most holy faith. There's false teaching. Do you know what the right teaching is? Uh, It says we're supposed to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. Do you know that faith? Can you defend that faith? Can you contend for that faith? And I love how faith is even the word used in contexts like these. It seems that it, it does represent the substance of what we believe, our core doctrine. But also, I love that it's the word faith because it, it reminds us that it's not just core doctrine that we agree to and accept in our heads. It's really what we are trusting in. Again, using that Hebrews 1 definition of faith, these are the things that we are assured of, that we are convicted of. That's what we want to build ourselves up in. I know the truth. I'm leaning on the truth. I'm focused on the truth and praying in the Holy Spirit. This isn't referring, I think, to a special kind of prayer. Oh, hey, don't do your normal prayer. Make sure you're praying in the Holy Spirit. No, this is how all prayer should be. And even we see that, think of Romans 8, the Spirit helps us. We are to be people who are committed to prayer and prayer that is focused on uh, the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit, and focused on God's will and His desires, not our own. So we need to be focused on our faith. We need to be uh, devoted to prayer. And then verse 21, the command, keep yourselves in the love of God. I think that's a great way to say, hey guys, obey. Jesus is your master and Lord, do what he says. And I think, uh, think of that as a call to obedience and even how you would understand obedience. What is obedience? Keeping yourself in the love of God. He loves you. Why would you want to stray from that? Why would you want to stray from that love by giving into sin? and waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. We're waiting for Christ to appear. We're waiting for eternal life to be fully realized. So the battle starts with you. You've got to build yourself up in the most holy faith. You've got to be devoted to prayer. You should obey, keep yourself in the love of Christ. You should be focused on the mercy that is coming. And then verses 22 and 23 give us, that should affect how we treat others, our relationships. We should be concerned that other will fall, others will fall into error. So we want to have mercy. We want to save people from the fire. We want to show mercy without fear. Again, keeping ourselves pure, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. So you are in a battle. 
uh, and it starts with you. And if that seems weighty, well, that's where verses 24 and 25 are so encouraging. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. So good lessons there from the book of Jude. Now, kind of along this line of people perverting the grace of God uh, for the sake of their own flesh and sensuality, that might help give us some backdrop for what we see here in Ezekiel 20 and 21. As we uh, look at these chapters, uh, note how firm the word is, uh, where th- these people come to, these elders of Israel come to Ezekiel, and God gives him very stern words to say to them, where they're coming, it says, to inquire of the Lord. And he says, y- y- I'm not going to be inquired of by you. I- I'm not going to answer your questions. And-, and the gist of these chapters that you get is because I have already spoken so clearly to you. And and you and, and your people, you have ignored the clear commands of God. All the way going back to Egypt and the wilderness, I have told you what to do and you have rejected me. So I'm going to do what I've said I was going to do. And this is important for us to stand Ezekiel against the backdrop of the law. Read a book like Deuteronomy and you'll see, yeah, this is all there in the law. God says, don't do these things. And if you do these things, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to send you away into exile. I I am going to bring judgment upon you. So God is simply doing what he has said he was going to do. And even you do get a sense in there that this isn't the end. God will restore Israel. And again, that goes with the law. The law taught that If they disobeyed, judgment would come, but God would eventually restore them. So we need to listen to a God. We need to not twist the things that he says. And we are in a battle. We are in a world that is full of people twisting the word of God. You will be tempted to twist the word of God to make it fit your own desires. So remember, it's a Monday, you're in a battle, and the battle starts with you. So build up your faith, devote yourself to prayer, obey to keep yourself in the love of God. What a beautiful way to express obedience and wait for his mercy to appear. Uh, This battle starts with you today. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.